We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Ryan, let's get into some other college football games. There is a big game in the SEC, and I feel like I'm back in high school and college again this weekend <laughs> because there is a big game in the SEC East that doesn't involve Georgia, and it actually involves Tennessee, which yep. is a little crazy to say because Tennessee has not been good in a while. But it is number 11 Tennessee hosts number 20 Florida. Mm-hmm. This is this is the CBS game. When I was growing up, I grew up in the Spurrier-Fulmer era of the 90s right, where they had some great, great battles. I still remember the year it was – I think it was at Florida. I remember watching Travis Stevens rip off a long run on just like a downhill ISO play. I mean, they had some contrasting styles. You know, Tennessee wanted to play great defense and hammer you. Florida was spurrier and throwing the ball around the yard and all that. I mean, they, they those were some great games back in the day. Well, they haven't been that good lately. Florida's had some good years. Tennessee's had a couple okay years. But this will be just the third time in the last nine years that they both enter this game ranked in the top 25. This is also the highest Tennessee has been ranked, I believe, since 2005, I think is what I looked at earlier. I believe is what I wrote in the article today. I should probably go back and check what I wrote because I did the research and I remember saying it, but let me just – Make sure that that is correct. It is the highest that they have been ranked since 2005. Yes. So, and they were fifth that year in 05. So, Brian, this is a big one because the the winner of this is now in a battle with Kentucky for that who is going to challenge Georgia, right? Here's the other thing that's interesting about this game. Tennessee is looking for their arrival moment. With all Mm -hmm. due respect to Pitt, that wasn't it right? Uh, good win, but that wasn't it. So Tennessee is looking to kind of say, hey, we are, we're back, right? We're, this is their, this is their we're back moment potentially for Tennessee. For Florida, this is also a big game because all the momentum you lo- you gained from beating Utah, you lost the next week when you lost at home to Kentucky without what multiple starters on offense. Didn't have Christian Rodriguez. No. I think they were missing another offensive guy in that game. And so, you know, Anthony Richardson looked like Superman in the opener. He has been a 
mediocre quarterback the next two games since, which you kind of expect with him. Again, first year as a starter. I think people were, you know, he didn't do himself any favors from an expectation standpoint with all the offseason hype about him. And then he plays the way he played against Utah. It's like, okay, the hype train's really going to get rolling now. Still a first year starter, right? Yep. He's going to have some of these ups and downs. But what we learned the last two weeks that if Anthony Richards is rolling, this team is going to have a trouble scoring. And so uh, it, it rolling in the past game. Now, their run game's been pretty good, I think, the first two games, or mm-hmm. last two games. It's just the past game has been really bad. So, Ryan, that's kind of the stage. And the other thing is Kentucky or Florida already has an in-conference loss. Yep. So if they don't win this game on the road, which they're not favored to do so, you now leave September 0-2 in the SEC. So this is a, a – Florida's kind of got their backs against the wall a little bit, and Tennessee has their chance for a for – a, we're back moment, Ryan. So that's the stage for this game. So Ryan, kind of talk to me about how you see this matchup and then also what your score prediction is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone should start their day with a great cup of coffee. And for my family, that means the latest blend from Trade Coffee. My wife loves Trade Coffee. And when my parents were in town for the Notre Dame season opener, I turned them on to Trade Coffee as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The coffee we got from Trade was superb. My wife is very picky with her coffee. I've told you that before, so I trusted Trade Coffee and had her fill out their quiz. They sent us three different blends, and they batted a thousand. We received the Holmes blend from Sparrow Coffee in Michigan, the Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York, and the Black Velvet from Atomic Roasters in Massachusetts. That's our collection, and trust me, we're adding to it. But if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees you'll love. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish. 
That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off. Try it out today. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that you said is is this is a good test for Tennessee to see if they are back, right? Because, I mean, when I was growing up, too, they were a relevant, good team. You know, Phil Fulmer and, and Eric Ainge, I think, was kind of the last year that I remember them being, like, a, a good team. And they just have not been the same. You know, they went through the Derek Dooley years and, and all of that. But I think they are back, Brian. I do. I, I They're sitting at number 11 right now. I think they win this one, and I think that they are firmly a top 10 team nationally, right? So I, I don't know if, like, you know, Georgia's a tier ahead, right? Alabama's a tier ahead. But Tennessee, I think, is a good football team. And I think this is the game where Hendon Hooker really, really starts to get his his due as a really talented quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks in college football. You saw it a lot last year as far as, what the upside is with a handed hooker in Josh Heupel's offense. I think you get a bigger dose of it in this game. And I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a little cold on Florida right now, man. You know, I was excited about what Anthony Richardson could be from a talent level perspective, especially after the Utah game, but they had the shit to write in their own right. Um, and right now it just does not look good. They did nothing to change my opinion last week in a very ugly victory against an inferior opponent. So I'm taking Tennessee 37. Florida 28, big day for Hendon Hooker in this game. So, Ryan, for me, when I look at this matchup, I agree. You know, that's it was funny. You and I did a top 15 quarterback rankings this summer, and we both were kind of like, hey, I have a guy ranked high that I think you're going to disagree with. Because what we did was is we both ranked our teams or our quarterbacks, and then we kind of combined them together, and then the average ranking is how we came out with our with our ranking. The only one that we had an issue on was C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. We had to get other – Sean Davis gave a vote. Uh, Vince gave a vote. I forget. There was one other person. Devin gave a vote. No, Devin did. Somebody else gave a vote to split the tie because it was two and two. The others, we just – we kind of came to it, and we both kind of went into the discussion like, hey, I have a guy ranked really high that I think you're going to disagree with. And then Ryan was like, yeah, I got I got a couple of those too. I got one too. And I got a guy ranked real high, that, and, and he's like, what was it? And I think you were like, I got Hendon Hooker third. And I was like, yep. no, nah, me too, right? Like, So we <laughs> both kind of had him as that next best quarterback in college. Now, again, this is just for college football. This isn't an NFL draft projection. This is none of that. This is just college football. And we both had Hendon Hooker as the number three quarterback behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. He was brilliant last year, Ryan. I mean, he was really good last year. And the reason that, that I think this game is a little bit troubling for Florida – is when what was your final score? What did you have as the final? 37-28. 37-28. I went a little bit lower scoring, uh, but the problem is I actually I actually like what I'm seeing from Florida's defense at times. I think they're they're fast, they play to the ball, they play hard to go to the ball, but they still have a little bit of that they're still trying to work out some of the demon exercise some of the demons of the Todd Grantham era, which are big plays. And that's the thing that's kind of still hurting them. And so to me that concerns me in this game. Now, the interesting thing about Tennessee is Tennessee's talent level is good, but it's not world beater good. Like they've got good players around Hen Hooker, but with all due respect, you know, Jalen Hyatt's a good player. Cedric Tillman's a good player. This isn't Marcus Nash and Peerless Price and and you know Alvin Harper and Carl Pickens days of a wide receiver for Tennessee. These are good players that are in part of a great system. And, and they've got a, a trigger man that just knows where the ball needs to go. And so I think Florida will be able to do enough 
to kind of keep Tennessee somewhat from just rolling them? Because I think there's a chance if the Florida offense is sputtering early and, and Florida doesn't bring their A game defensively, there's a chance this one could get ugly. Mm-hmm. But I really like the toughness I'm seeing from Florida. They just got to clean up a lot of stuff. And, and that's the leftover stuff from the Todd Grantham era. So to me, that's going to be the big thing for me is if Florida can limit the big plays, they're going to give up some. But if they can limit the big plays, I think that's their chance to stay in this game. The problem for me is I just don't think Florida has enough offense. I think the, the biggest thing for Tennessee this year, their offense, Ryan, you tell me if you disagree, their offense looks now like it did last year. It's just a little healthier receiver because they had some injuries late in the year last year receiver. They're healthy, and it looks a lot like it did last year. The difference for me for Tennessee this year, again, competition has been great. Their defense looks improved. I don't yes. know how improved, but it looks improved. And and that, to me, is is part of the reason I have a lot more optimism about this football team right now. And, and you know, even in the Pitt game, you know, they gave up 34 points, but – you know, Pitt had 415 yards and five point yards per play. You know, Pitt didn't rip them up and down the field. They didn't. They didn't shred that 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 team. And so, you know, I just I look at it, and and I and I see a team that that to me has a chance to kind of go out and, and continue getting better on defense. Their rush defense. It, it's kind of funny you watch them. The first week they couldn't. You know, talking about Pitt, they couldn't stop the run. The second week against Tennessee, they did a better job against the run, but they couldn't stop Hendon Hooker. You know, but I think I think Pitt is a quality defense that Tennessee did well against, but I don't think it's like a vintage Pitt defense. And I think the Pitt offense is good, but it's not it's not world beaters, right? Now the thing is, is you know they had six point five yards per play against Western Michigan, six point two against West Virginia. Tennessee held them to five point oh. That's a significant better improvement. So. Again, I don't think this is a great Tennessee defense. This isn't a vintage Al Washington or Al Wilson kind of group, but it's improved. And I think that's going to be the key in this game. I think that's being at home. I think they're going to be able to contain the Florida pass game. Florida will get some yards in the run game because they've got they've got a good back. The kid that transferred from Louisiana is a good player. Anthony Richardson can make plays with his legs, but I just don't think they have enough right now in the pass game with Anthony Richardson uh, to win the game. So I have it twenty-seven sixteen is how I have this one playing out. So I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring than maybe uh, it should be based on paper. But honestly, Ryan, if it plays out how you have it, 37-28, I won't be surprised either. I just – I think if Tennessee scores 37, it's a blowout. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think – I think it'll be like 37-17, 37-20. I don't think – I just – I have a hard time seeing Florida scoring 28 points on this this defense. Because I, I know they scored, what, 26 on – or 29 on Utah – but as yeah. you know, I'm not high on Utah. I think Utah has a couple really good players, but I don't think their defense is very good. And so, uh, and and, and you know, I could be wrong on that, but I've I've kind of felt that for a while now. And 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 they, you know, let's see them play somebody good. They look good against San Diego State last week, but I'm I'm not high on San Diego State right now. They have been completely Brady hoped at this point in time. This is not the uh, this is not the team they were before Brady took over. So. 27-16, Tennessee gets a very big program moving victory in this game. What does a Florida victory do for the Gators, in your it, opinion? If they're it, able to pull off an upset, what does that do for them? Gives you momentum back. I mean, I think that you you said it right. When they beat Utah, 
it was a situation where you were like, oh, okay. Like Florida's uh, Billy Napier heading in the right direction. Looks fantastic. And then the next couple games kind of just deflate you a little bit. And then they have this really ugly performance against South Florida last week. So if they come out and they beat a a good Tennessee team, in my opinion, number 11 team in the country, Brian, like I think that you have just captured back the momentum. You're going to kind of say like, hey, first year head coach coming over from Louisiana, Billy Napier, there's going to be some up and down first year. Like you shouldn't expect them to be national title contender in 2022. But if they do have – that type of comeback performance against a good Tennessee team, I think that they have kind of recaptured most of the momentum in that one. Mm-hmm. You look at their schedule too, Ryan, is a win. If they're able to upset Tennessee, they have Eastern Washington next week. Mm-hmm. It's a good one double A team, but a one double A team they should beat and a team that Oregon hung 70 on. Then they're home against Missouri. Then they're home against Florida. If they're able to pull off this upset, there's a good chance they go into the, what is it, the largest cocktail party on earth against Georgia? Six and one. Yeah. At that point in time, that would put them around a top 10 team. That makes that game huge. And also, you look at what they then have with the next week is they're at AM. So if they lose this game, you're talking about them being two and two. You know, maybe they can get rolling and beat LSU in Missouri, but I don't think I don't think the LSU game is necessarily a gimme at this point in time by any stretch of the imagination. But this is a, a, a big win. Tennessee, how, however, to me, Florida has a better chance of bouncing back from a loss than Tennessee does because if Tennessee loses this game, they have a bye week next week. They got to sit and let – I hate losing going into bye weeks. It's the worst because yeah. it just stews for two weeks. But then they go at LSU the 8th and then home against Bama on the 22nd. You're now all of a sudden talking about potential of being 3-3 three and three or 4-2. and two. And all the momentum you have is gone, and it doesn't get easier. They're con- they're, then they have ton- Tennessee Martin after that, but then it's at Kentucky, at Georgia, home against Missouri, at South Carolina, at Vanderbilt, right? So there's a stretch starting now through the first week of November where outside of a game against Tennessee Martin, it's a rough stretch for Tennessee. You yeah. need to go into that stretch. You need to go into the, the bye week with a win over Florida. You're 4-0. You're probably in the top 10 by the time that LSU – you head down to, to Baton Rouge, and this team has a lot of momentum going into that game. So I think I think there's there's even more at stake to me for Tennessee because of the home team and then what they have coming up where Florida does not want to be 2-2, two and two, but they've got several get-right games coming up before they have to play LSU. I think that allows them to kind of build some momentum back up but I think Tennessee need. I think Tennessee needs one. This one, from a, a momentum standpoint, needs it even more than Florida, especially since Florida's in year one. Nobody came in this year thinking Florida's going to win the SEC East. Nobody thought that. There's you just fired a coach. I mean, you, you know, it's different than it's different than Notre Dame situation because Notre Dame didn't fire a coach. A guy left. Yeah, Florida fired a coach because they coming off of a bad year. Mm-hmm. So I think you know people understand. Hey, you're on the road. As long as you're competitive, I think Florida fans most likely will be not happy about a loss, but like, okay, we battled, we're getting there. We'll, you know, let's go win the next couple. Yeah. I think Tennessee can't afford to lose this game at home. In my opinion, Ryan, they really I, can't. I don't disagree with that. You know, Brian, I do have a hot take though. If Tennessee is undefeated going to that Alabama game, I think Tennessee might pull that upset. We'll see if that happens obviously, but it gets a little interesting there, man. If they have all that momentum going into Alabama, I don't know. There's just something, something well, there. Alabama hasn't looked great so far this year. It looked like they have some chinks in the armor for yeah, sure. Yeah, they do. 
They do. And and if and yes, I, I that's an interesting take, Ryan. And look, yeah. Tennessee's going to be battle tested, in my opinion, by the time they play Bama because they will have played Florida, and they will have played at at LSU. Plus, they'll have played at Pitt. And that's mm-hmm. three games against quality competition. Not not great competition, but quality competition. So it, you're you're correct. It's going to be very interesting. And then my question about Bama is, you know, I mean, they're going to have a really tough couple games coming up, physically tough games. I don't know if they'll be tough from a score standpoint, but physically tough games. You play Arkansas and Texas A&M coming into that Tennessee game, the two weeks come before that Tennessee game. Ar- you know? Arkansas is is not a fun team to play, man. Even no. if you even if you beat them, they're going to run the football. Well, they're going to play good defense. And I'll say this about AM. AM's not very good right now, but they mm-hmm. are playing hard. Sure. Right? Lack of th- there is no lack of physicality with the, the Aggies right now. There's a lack of offensive skill talent and a lack of creativity at, co- at the offensive coordinator slash head coach. And, but I, I think AM too. Well, we'll get to AM later when we talk about AM and Arkansas. But the point is, Ryan. That's going to be two physically tough games for Alabama. Even if they win them, those teams are going to play hard, and then you got to go kind of handle the speed and tempo of Tennessee. That's that's a there's a lot going. That's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to be previewing that game when we get to it. So absolutely, I have twenty seven sixteen Tennessee wins. Ryan has thirty seven twenty eight Tennessee win. We both believe that the number eleven Volunteers improve to four zero and continue their strong start to the two thousand twenty two season. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.